Hey guys, it's Sammy and Robbie back again to tell you about another upcoming con. And we're super excited about this one. Mm-hmm. It's another Indiana one. This one is Pop Con, Indie Pop Con to be exact. And it's going to be in Indianapolis, again at the Convention Center. Indiana Convention Center. Right in downtown Indianapolis. And Robbie will be there April 26th through the 28th. Yes. We were just at the Indiana Comic-Con, so if you missed us, Mm -hmm. you get a chance to meet us again Mm -hmm. at PopCon. Yes. Well, at least Robbie. At least me. Ashley will be there. Oh, yeah. Ashley will be there. That's an exciting thing. Ashley will be there, so you get to meet a lot of us on the network. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two-thirds. Two-thirds of it, yes. Mm -hmm. So, if you're coming to the show, please stop by the Limitless Broadcasting booth. Mm -hmm. We're always excited to see you. All right. Oh, my God. Well, I guess we'll see you guys at the show. Bye. Bye. Having a Disney craving you can't fill? Lifelong Disney World adventurers, Ashley and Sammy will take you on a journey through the parks, movies, books, and more. Whether you live miles or states away, if you love Disney, you'll love hanging out with the Pixie Dust Twins on the Limitless Podcast Network. Hey, everybody. You're on with the Pixie Dust Twins. I'm Ashley. And I'm Sammy. Let's get swimming. But before we do that, don't forget to like and subscribe to all our social media things. Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, where you can see our lovely faces. Go to our website, Mm limitlessbroadcasting.com, and buy our t-shirts. Do it. Please. Please go. Fun fact, we're adding more soon, so go check it out. I'm going to tell you what we're talking about today. So last week we started our anamorphosis, oh my goodness, I said it wrong, Mm. anthropomorphism episodes or talking animals. Much easier to say. Much easier to say. Pretty much it's giving human attributes to animals, whether it's that talking or just their personality, whatever. And Disney does this with a ton, like a ton of Mm. their movies. And even in movies that we're not going to talk about have animals that have like somewhat human interactions like Pascal from Tangled and Maximus. Those are just two examples. But these ones that we're focusing on are literally like the stars of the movie are Mm -hmm. the animals talking and being pretty much humans. So last week we did, I think it was 40s, 50s, and 60s. Yes. And this week we are going to do the 70s, 80s, and the only one that Walt Walt Disney Animation did in the 90s. Which is a great one. So it's okay. Yeah. It's the it's their best movie ever, like in my yeah. opinion. We are gonna start with the seventies. Now, I'm just gonna preface what I realized while I was watching these seventies movies mm-hmm. is that they didn't really think about what was family friendly in a lot of these movies when it came yeah. to outfits and tobacco use and all the things like the 70s did not care. Really though, it continues not to jump ahead, but it does continue all the way into the 80s because the yes. great mouse detective was doing the same nonsense mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i really feel like as a kid though i didn't oh i didn't it, either you know either. but as an adult i'm just like disney what <laughs> what did you do okay, okay i get it like that was yeah. the time but wow yeah. 
Exactly. <laughs> so the first one that was made in the 70s, I didn't put what year, but it was in the 70s, is the Aristocats. Mm-hmm. One of the very few cat movies of the Disney universe. Yes. Normally cats are evil in their movies, and this one is not. Yeah, and I didn't dislike them, so that's yeah. something too. Yeah, uh, it's it's a fun movie with very entertaining music. The song "It's Great to Be a Cat" is a, a really fun tune. I don't want to be a cat. If I want to be anything, I want to be a dog or a horse. But yeah. it, it is a fun song, and it gets caught in your head. I rewatched it, and I was like, mm-hmm. afterwards, I was like seeing myself saying, "It's great to be a cat." Because mm-hmm. a cat's the only cat who knows where it's at. Yeah. <laughs> it's very catchy. It is. Yes. It is very I'll agree catchy. with you on that. What else did I put on here? I feel like that's mm, all you I talked about Thomas's voice. I thought that was a fun fact. Too, oh, yeah. So Thomas is the main male feline character in the movie. The alley cat. And yes, he is the alley cat. Oh, my goodness. You know what I just realized? This is kind of parallels Lady and the Tramp. Not like the full storyline, but like yeah, because you have was, the fancy cat. Yeah, you have the fancy, sophisticated mm-hmm. cats slash. If you think Lady and the Tramp dog, and then you got the tramp dog or the alley cat. Wow! And then the one of the little cats also makes a comment because somebody calls them tramps, and he's like offended by it because they're. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. a little. That was a little fun fact for you that I just mm-hmm. thought of. Thomas's voice is actually also the voice of Baloo from the Jungle Book. We talked about that la- talked about Baloo last episode. Mm-hmm. And he also does Little John in Robin Hood, which is one of the movies we're going to talk about next. Mm-hmm. So, it's it's really cool cuz there are some oh, what do you call them? Like voice actors, I guess is mm-hmm. what you call them, yeah. that you can kind of hear them throughout so many movies. Like Disney continues to use them. They change their voice up a little bit, but you can still like, when you get older, you're like, oh, wait a second. Like, I know that voice. Mm-hmm. And then you go and check it out and you're like, oh, that's why. Do that in some of the other movies as well. I know Angela Lansbury is a voice mm-hmm. of a couple different things, not just Mrs. Potts and, mm-hmm. and a couple others. So yeah, mm-hmm. that was just, just a fun fact I realized as I mm-hmm. was rewatching it. I think the rest of these are yours. So I'm going to let you take it away. Yeah. So I was just curious some more information because I, I really don't know anything about the Aristocrats. So apparently it was supposed to be some sort of live action two-part episode on Walt Disney's Wonderful World of Color. And then something happened and he was just like, oh no, I think it'd be better off as a cartoon. And this was mm-hmm. the last film project to be approved by Walt Disney himself before his death. And I thought that was interesting, but sad. Okay. So the first thing when I was watching, cause I had not watched it in a a long time. I was staring at the lawyer George and I was like, he looks just like this Pixar character that was in the short that plays chess with himself. They're literally friends. And I guess that it was, it's called Jerry's game. I had to look that up. Cause I'm like, I don't know what this short was called, but you uh-huh. should look it up because they, they're literally, I guess they, they basically took him and then made him into the, the Jerry that was playing chess by himself. And that was just something I was like, I'm going to Google this because they look exactly alike. He puts on his glasses and I'm just like, oh, they they stole this character. They are the exactly the same. So I thought that was kind of interesting, even though George is in it for like 10 minutes, maybe. But yeah, not long. Something I noticed because I love Pixar movies. Mm-hmm. I said, this is one of the only movies where I don't hate the cat characters, which is kind of what you were saying <laughs> at the beginning, because then none of the cats are the bad guys. Just the, no, just the Edgar who is terrible. And then did you know Timbuktu was like a real legit place growing up? 
Yes, I did know Timbuktu is in a legitimate I place. I don't know where it is, but I know it is legitimate. It's in West Africa because I Googled it because I was oh, also curious. Good to know. But when I was watching, I was thinking as a child, I definitely thought that was just some made up thing that all the cartoon characters wanted to send everybody to because that was always the place, right? The scary, uh-huh. far away, like I'm going to ship mm-hmm. you off to Timbuktu. Yeah, so it's a real thing. So that's something else I learned from the movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> I, I forgot to put it on here. Like we were talking about how they kind of Disney kind of <laughs> doesn't do the whole family friendly thing in yes. in some of these movies. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie, the the dancing scene where they were doing the song "It's Great to Be a Cat," mm-hmm. uh, Duchess, the main female yes. cat, like starts singing in the middle of it, and even talks about like if you want to turn me on. Oh yeah, she and says I, that. Mm-hmm. I heard that, and I like paused the movie. I'm like wait a second. And I had to rewind it and listen to it again. I'm like, That's what she says, holy crap. What just happened? Why are we talking about this? Yeah. So like in my mind, I'm like, is this actually like supposed to be a, are these swinging cats actually like trying to swing with her? Like I was kind of Yeah, I feel like it's a little implied. What just happened? Yes. No, I do feel like that's a little bit implied. I think that was a lot implied Mm -hmm. after being an adult and listening to it. Because the lights got all low and everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So parents, if you have your kids watch this, if they don't, like if you have not talked to them about the birds and the bees yet, just try to gloss over that (laughs) section. If they're old enough to like realize something different, be prepared to talk about the birds and the bees. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a bit. Something I didn't put down either. Okay, so the only cat that Disney still has out and about in references in this movie is Marie. Yeah. And uh, why? I thought she was the most annoying character in the movie. I'm just like, this This stupid cat fell off. The, she fell off the truck. She fell in the water. When they were standing outside on the, the window ledge, because I hadn't seen it in a while. I was like, she's going to fall off the window ledge now. Just wait, because she clearly falls off of everything. I like the little fat brown cat that was painting at the mm-hmm. beginning. He was my favorite. The one he's who thought adorable. he was going to be like a big scary cat and he came growling at everybody. He wanted to be an alley cat. He was my favorite cat. I'm just like, where are you at? You don't get meet and greets. Freaking Marie gets all these meet and greets and she's annoying. I mean, this movie was made for like a girl and boy audience because they have like the alley cats right. and, and the boys and stuff. But I feel yeah. like with cats, it, when we're younger, I feel like girls kind of veer towards cats more, like these types of movies more. Yeah. Especially when we were younger. Mm-hmm. And Marie was probably just that little French princess kitty that all the girls wanted. So she became popular and yeah. she had a little pink bow and just. Yeah, you're probably right. I blame us when we were younger, like yeah. our generation when we were younger. That's probably true. Not just, us, precisely, just... Yeah, but yeah, in general. Yeah. That was just something else I forgot to put down, that I thought she was the most annoying character. <laughs> She's the only one that gets any sort of recognition. <laughs> yeah, just want to throw that there. Sorry for all you Marie lovers, but she got yeah. on my during the whole movie. So. Okay, next. So, I love yeah. this movie. Robin it's Hood. Robin Hood. It's a classic. Yes. It's so good. Do you want to start? So I really like some of your comments. So I'm not going to comment on those until you bring it up because okay. it made me laugh. <laughs> okay. Okay. So the sheriff is the villain, I would say more so than Prince John, even though Prince John is technically a villain yeah. too. But that, as I put in my little comment, he's so pathetic that it's kind of hard to really hate him with the yeah. thumb sucking. And then he's kind of stupid because, mm-hmm. you know, they come in dressed as the fortune tellers. And I'm like, really? Really? I mean, I get that it was a disguise, but... It didn't seem like they put a lot of thought into <laughs> the disguise. 
and he didn't get it. And then he has his stupid sidekick. Um, what is it? Sir Hiss or whatever. And I just. And he's smarter than Prince John. And he's pretty dumb too. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> collectively or not much brains going on up there. And I, I think it's interesting though, because the snake looks a lot like the one from the Jungle Book. Mm-hmm. But the personalities are like woo, miles and miles apart. So that to me was kind of funny because you mm-hmm. think like he's going to be evil and then he's just stupid. It's just, yeah. Yeah. And then the song Udalali. Oh my gosh. The second that starts playing, it's just, it's an earworm. It's just in your mm-hmm. head, in your head, in your head, you know, and just bop along to it. It's like the cat song. <laughs> exactly. That's another one of those that just, and it's a long song. So it just stays mm-hmm. in there forever. Let's see. Oh, and fun fact that I accidentally found out. I guess they're going to do some sort of live action remake for Disney Plus. Yay! It's going to be, and it's going to be, they're going to be the animal. So it's going to be some sort of CGI thing. Yes. Yeah. I was just like, love Robin Hood. Hey, no one ever really gives Robin Hood the love I think it deserves. So I was. So this, I mean, this will give it the love that it needs. It was a good adaptation of the Robin Hood mm-hmm. story. Like mm-hmm. Robin Hood story is very classic, very well known. We have a lot of movies that are based off of this, yeah. not just in Disney, but just in all realms. Mm-hmm. And my favorite, I've seen a lot of them. And my still to this day, my favorite is mm-hmm. the cartoon Robin Hood. Second would be, I think it's Men in Tights. Yeah. Pretty much a parody of Robin Hood. Yeah, I was going to say it's kind of, yeah, it's just a joking, yeah. yeah. It's a, jokey like satire parody. yeah it has a chassis belt it's just hilarious but this this one's definitely my favorite so i like oh your my- long intros comment yes this is the era like 70s 80s even mm-hmm. 90s you're in the era of long intros like yes. oh my goodness not that it's bad because i really do believe that the actors the especially the voice actors the directors the animators mm-hmm. the producers there's so many more lists of workers that work on these movies that I don't even know about, they all deserve credit for us to see those names Mm -hmm. and to acknowledge them because of all the work they put into it. I think that's, I'm going to go on a tangent for a second. I think in the cinema world, we get so wrapped up with the lead actors and actresses that we forget about everyone else. I agree. And from what I understand from just movie making of a basic, basic knowledge, I know Sammy might know more because of her, because of Robbie, the actors and actresses, yes, they do a lot of hard work of, of becoming Mm -hmm. these characters, but after they do the filming, that's all like they do two, three, four, maybe eight months, depending on if they're doing a TV show of acting. Mm -hmm. And then they just, they're done. And there's so much more work put mm-hmm. into it like yes. i think tom hanks i heard our interview he only did, he, it only took him two months to record the fourth toy story mm-hmm. and that was like three years before it even came out and then they had to do everything else like three mm-hmm. years of work to get it to where it is it's like okay yes we love our actors but we need to also acknowledge everybody else who works in this industry mm-hmm. they should honestly be the ones that we're looking up to because they do so much more work I agree. That's my tangent. I'm on your soapbox with you. I agree. Thank you. I think Robbie will and I think Robbie will be very happy and proud of us on that soapbox. Yes. Let's give ourselves a round of applause. (laughs) So, but it's just an era of long intros. This intro Mm -hmm. was not bad because you have the Oodalali song and you got the yes exactly through. So it's not bad. The Aristocats one. I wanted to like. I I fast forwarded. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, because there was really nothing going on. And yeah. I mean, sometimes they do a good job, like you said, the Udalali and yeah. the like you follow it and there's stuff going on while you're reading the names, but sometimes yeah. it's just landscapes and I'm like, I can't like, and the animation's so old and I'm like, okay, I'm just I'm like, spoiled now. I don't have that anymore. I just need you to move forward. I've watched this before. It's fine. 
Mm-hmm. This movie had a little bit more vulgar stuff in it than mm-hmm. any of the other movies that I've seen so far in these mm-hmm. eras because you have this chicken who is the lady in wait, or no, she is the nurse of yeah. Maid Marian, not the mm-hmm. lady in waiting. She's mm-hmm. too old to be the lady in waiting. And she, they're playing, what's it called with the little birdie? It's not tennis. It's like the, it's the easy version of tennis, but it has a little birdie in the rackets and they hit it. Well, the birdie goes down her dress Mm -hmm. and this dress is low and you actually see some curvature and you're like, what, what, when did you become unmodest? Like, where did this come from? And there's just some other things that happen in the movie that are a little bit more on the Mm -hmm. vulgar side for Disney. And I'm like, Oh yeah, we're definitely in the seventies. We're definitely not a little bit different, yes. Now. Mm-hmm. Like totally different time era when it comes to that. So just mm-hmm. so you know, those things are happening in some of these movies. Not like overly bad where like your kids no. can't watch it, but it's just like, oh, interesting. Like honestly, your kids nowadays are probably so That's true. That's the word I'm looking for. They're so desensitized to something. Yeah, stuff. desensitized, like, exactly. They won't even realize that it's technically vulgar for Disney because they didn't, they, they grown up way worse. so much worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they're not watching Disney, Disney then doesn't the, have the vulgar stuff anymore. Yeah, the birdie down the dress is really nothing compared to ways some of these. No. It's a fun movie. Mm-hmm. Have, I mean, King Richard comes back at the end and they get married and it's happily ever after. And it's, it's so just, cute. It's, yeah. it's so cute. So yeah, Robin Hood's I'm, I'm excited for a live action. Yeah. Like, that makes me so excited. Me too. That's why I was like, yeah. I got to mention that because I didn't think you knew that. Wasn't that great. on one of our lists when we were talking about what we want for remakes? It may have been. Who knows? All right. Anyways. No. Oh, I rewatched this one. Did you rewatch this one? The- yeah yeah because you know I wasn't going to and then I saw your note about the Tigger thing and I was just like I know what you're talking about but I couldn't remember the whole scene so then I watched it and I was like oh yeah okay you go first because (laughs) okay already yeah the mini adventures of Winnie the Pooh it was the very first one that came out and it was so cute I remember watching it when I was really little but I haven't watched this one probably since I was like before nine years old and it's it's cute because they actually have the storyteller breaking that fourth wall mm-hmm. and talking to them in there if you don't let me let me back if you don't know what fourth wall means no. when characters are interacting in a movie or in a show that's like just normal but then there's this technical what's called fourth wall that they normally That means they don't interact with the audience. They don't interact with the narrator. They don't interact with anybody outside their story. Well, some movies and shows will break that fourth wall and have them Mm -hmm. interact with the narrator or interact with the audience. I mean, just on a side note, if you are a Netflix person and want to see an example of this, watch the new Enola Holmes movie. All she does throughout the whole movie is break the fourth wall. (sighs) Really cute movie. You need to watch it. I know it's not Disney, but watch it. So that's just an example of what the Mm -hmm. fourth wall is. So the whole time, not the whole time, but like in between the stories, the stories, they kind of talk with their narrator and it's literally on the book. Like you see the pages flipping and then moving Mm -hmm. through the pages and it's just really cute. It reminds you of the ride. If you've gone to Walt Disney World and, and you go on the ride, it reminds you of the ride. And, but there is something confusing in this because the very first story because they do like three different stories or three different right. chapters, as they call mm-hmm. it. And in the first like one or two chapters, you don't see Tigger at all. Like nope. he's not there. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden he shows up and he pounces on Pooh. And Pooh has no idea who he is. And he introduces himself and he does all the things. Mm-hmm. And then the very next chapter, 
it's like everyone knows him or no, not even next chapter. It's within no. the same chapter. Yeah. Like the next page, everyone knows him and they've always known him and he's just integrated in. And I'm like, it's weird. Yeah. How did that, what, what, what just happened? I, I agree with you. When I went back and rewatched it, I was just like, oh yeah. Winnie the Pooh's in there like with him on his, on his stomach. Oh, who are you? <laughs> I'm Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. <laughs> like, come on now. That was strange. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Whatever, yeah, and everybody else clearly was in this little circle. Mm-hmm. And then Tigger, what, Tigger's just living in the woods and no one knew he was there? I don't know. Yeah, and he's the one who introduced them to the Hemphlumps and the Woozles. Yes. So they would have never had them if Tigger didn't come along and, and he make them up. And he does it so casually. Yep. Oh, yeah. They they like to steal honey. And I'm just like, why did you do that to Pooh Bear, Tigger? You are one of my favorite characters in Wayne Pooh, but that was rude. That was rude. <laughs> Poor Pooh. <laughs> A poor little pudgy poo. You're so oh, rude. Oh, there's the chapter that he gets stuck in rabbits. Oh my hole, gosh. Which why he went through the rabbit hole and not through the door in the tree, I do not know. But who, he gets who knows? stuck and he couldn't do anything until he gets shrunk. And it's like, oh no. Yeah, my I love that just because Rabbit is so stupid. He's like, let me go get a picture frame and like frame his butt. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> Stop it. Like, he does so many things to Pooh's behind during that entire segment. Oh, did you put it in your notes? No, you didn't. Okay. And then there's that random beaver who comes popping out of hole. Oh. Or gopher. Gopher. Yeah, it's gopher. Okay. I forgot about gopher. But he's here's not the thing. really around. If you look at him, he mm-hmm. looks exactly like the beaver, except without the tail, from Lady and the Tramp. Oh. So you kind of reused. He even yeah. has the same voice. I did not pick up on that. Okay. I did. As soon as he popped Lover. up, I'm like, wait a second. What is the beaver doing here? Like, yeah. Oh, you're a gopher, but still gopher. you look exactly yeah. alike. See, and the gopher, is he in the ride? I, maybe he is. I don't yeah, remember I if the is. gopher's in the ride. He, he is, but very briefly. Because they kind of don't really mention gopher in the newer stuff, no, which no. I didn't really realize. I was watching the movie and I was like, oh yeah, there's gopher. I forgot he's a thing. But he keeps saying, I'm not actually in the story, and then goes away. And I'm I know, like, and then it's you just, are in the story. You're, dude, you popped up like 10, yeah, no, you're here. You are part of the part of the storyline, okay? Yeah, I kind of forgot about Go For That. But I think he is somewhere, I think he is in a couple of scenes in the, the ride. But I forgot when you mentioned the ride, I like that, because when I was watching it, I was forgot how much the ride really follows this exact mm-hmm. story. They actually did a really good job with the yeah. ride in it. I, I like the ride, but I just did not connect the dots because you start off with the pages and then it literally follows it all the way to the, the party. I have more appreciation for the ride now, watching, <laughs> re-watching the mini adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Mm-hmm. I agree. A hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, and then I mentioned that they have so many cute little songs in there, which again, they get stuck in your head. It's just, mm-hmm. it's fun little stuff. I like Pooh's exercise song because it's so silly that he exercises so he can eat. Who does that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> down <laughs> it's so cute in the mood or food. food yeah he's just so chubby and oh my god it's oh. and then i did like tigger's song because i just i love tigger he was one of my favorite tigger. characters growing up i'm gonna be honest though when i rewatch the movie i don't like piglet i'm not a fan so i skipped his entire like little i don't think i ever liked piglet 
I just can't do Piglet. He gets he, on my nerves. He whines yeah. and whines and is scared of every little thing. And it just well, grates on my... Yeah. What did I read? Someone thinks that when he wrote Winnie the Pooh, like that mm-hmm. he based all the characters off of like phobias and mental disorders. Oh, I think I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. It, which makes sense. Like, like I usually don't believe that sort of stuff, but like just mm-hmm. looking at their person, like actually looking at their characteristics, like, mm-hmm. okay, that makes sense. You got your, he's depressed. Like he's literally always depressed. That's how he always mm-hmm. is. Piglet's mm-hmm. always fearful and anxious mm-hmm. or no, just fearful. Rabbits yeah. anxious. Pooh's gluttonous. Yeah. I don't know what Tigger would be. Or Tigger's Tigger like was, but... Tigger's like ADHD oh, level. Yeah, like, a- ADD yeah. or ADHD. Mm-hmm. Owl, I believe he's dementia because I was going to say because he's for loss of some sort. I don't know because he talks a lot, but he doesn't really seem to know what he's talking about. So, so I like, see that. I I think that's why their personalities mm-hmm. like. Because really, none of them, usually with characters, you have an arc where they start to change and mm-hmm. they, they, it's called dynamic. I'm like trying to pull mm-hmm. back my English. My stuff mm-hmm. is, uh, they're usually dynamic characters. But the only mm-hmm. dynamic character in this whole thing is Christopher Robin because he grows right. up and he has to go to school. Mm-hmm. Which you see that at the end of this movie. I'm like, oh, so he does actually leave mm-hmm. and go to school. So Christopher Robin, the live action movie, mm-hmm. picks up after the many adventures this. of who, which makes mm-hmm. so much sense now. But mm-hmm. he's the only one who's dynamic. Everyone else is static. Everyone else stays yeah. the same. No one changes. Which, mm-hmm. if Tigger changed or Pooh changed, I think we'd be so disappointed. Yeah. And it makes sense because they're they're made up. I mean, they're stuffed animal made up mm-hmm. characters. So why would they? Yeah. All right. Last one of the 70s. I just love these movies. <laughs> I know. There's so many good ones. There is. I just didn't remember when they all came out. So... There was a lot of 70s ones Way I did before not. us. <laughs> mm-hmm, exactly. And I just did not realize it. Okay. So the rescuers. Dun, dun, dun. Not to be confused with the rescue rangers. These are not Mm-mm. the same. Rescue rangers no. are Chip and Dale over in their own little world. Mm-hmm. The rescuers. Miss Bianca and Bernard. <laughs> yes. Out on an adventure together. <laughs> yes. They're part of what's called the Rescue Aid Society. Mm-hmm. And in this society, it's really kind of cool. You you feel like you're in the UN of mm-hmm. mice. Because there's I'm all so these cute. different mice from all these different countries. And they are all about rescuing whoever needs to be rescued. And mm-hmm. they get an urgent uh, message in a bottle from a little girl named Penny. She's mm-hmm. an orphan. And now she's being... She ran away, but now she's stuck with an evil, evil woman. And this evil woman wants her to find this diamond in this little hole that keeps getting flooded by the tide. And it's just horrible, horrible situation. Mm-hmm. So Bernard somehow gets it, like brought in to the story with Miss Bianca. She just literally looks around at everybody and is like, yeah, I want the janitor. <laughs> like, all right, Bianca. Okay. Whatever. Okay. Sounds and everyone good. just goes, yeah, great. Good choice. Good. Yeah. No one else is concerned about, okay. All right. The well, they don't care because they're so enthralled by Miss Bianca. Like, she <laughs> that walks is true. in and everyone's like, <gasps> I'm love. They're like, anything Disney. you say, anything Disney you love. say, I'll believe. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, dear Lord. That's true. <laughs> yeah, they're all quite taken with Miss Bianca. Yes. And what's his name? Oh, I should have looked up the bird's name. He's an Albert, Albert, uh, the bird they fly Albatross. On. Yeah, Albatross. The Albatross. It's not Wilbur. It's Orville. It's Orville. Orville. Yeah, I like the popcorn. Yes, like the popcorn. He's hilarious. He makes me laugh. I like Orville. Yeah, yeah. But they they fly down to I'm, and think I think it's one of the Carolinas because it's in the swamps so or it's Louisiana no, it's, it's, or uh, yeah, it's Louisiana because they go to 
the devil's something. I can't remember what it's called, but yeah, yeah. it's in Louisiana because that's why they're out in the swamps and all that. Yeah. Yeah. So they get down to Louisiana and there is this, the woman who has stolen, well, not stolen, but oh, well, okay. So her. Penny ran away and went to, to Medusa and Medusa's like keeping her. So I don't know what you call that. I but, mean, but then well, she tried to run away from Medusa and they kept re-kidnapping her. So. True. So, okay. So we'll just say kidnapped. Yeah. She reminds me so much of Yzma from The mm-hmm. Emperor's New Groove. She also reminds me of Corella DeVille. I feel like she's a combination of them. Wait, what, was 101 done by this point? Yes. Yes. Sorry. Okay. So I yes. think they pulled Medusa from Corella. She drives just like her. That mm-hmm. face and everything. I was just like, ooh, it's Corella 2.0. Yeah. Yep. And then I think they stole Yzma from, from Medusa. Medusa. I could see <laughs> that. Medusa's mm-hmm. in this dress that's like so low in her yeah. chest area is so low. It's like, it's not normal. Everything's like drugged down. I'm like, I could see that now. And then Yzma's sure. the same way. <laughs> yeah. But I liked Yzma a lot better than I liked Medusa. Oh yeah. Medusa's just has like no, she has oh. like no redreaming qualities about her. No. Well, does Yzma really? Nah, anyway. I like Yzma. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's that's another episode. We'll get into that. <laughs> Her sidekick's just dumb. He's just an he's, idiot. He's straight up an idiot. And then he's surprised when she's not going to share the fortune with him. Really, dude? Really? Yeah. You didn't just, see that coming? Look at her. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's nonsense. But the Crocs, that's... Mm, those things scare me. Her pets. Her pet uh, crocodiles. I'm like, ah, no. Go away. I don't like crocodiles. Uh, or alligators. They're alligators. Yeah, I guess they're alligators, but I kind of liked them. They had a, a good villainy vibe. I, they didn't kill the girl. No. And they, didn't, they didn't destroy the bear. So I'm like, well, at least they didn't do that. True. And now they're free to live their lives in the swamp because I know, I know they were their home blew up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Is- Which she deserves. What's up with Disney and alligators? Because you have, or Crocs, you have like Peter Pan issue with Croc as well. There was one part where they walk by too and you hear the little TikTok noise. Yes! Back to Peter Pan. Yeah. Yeah. Freaking Disney, man. Doing all this stuff. All the things. Yes. And I was going to say, you say with Crocs, also mice. There's still another one we have to talk about that features predominantly mice. And there's a Pixar one. And there's a Pixar one that we were going to talk about. As a rat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I know Disney was started by mouse. I get it. But there's a lot of mice in these movies, which I was just thinking. I'm like, I've been watching a lot of mice recently. (laughs) Mice, dogs, cats. I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah. What can you do? I like the message of the movie because if you Mm. remember when they go to the orphanage and they see the cat, which I can't remember his name right now. The old cat that works at the orphanage. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember Whatever. his name either. Anyway, and he's just like, well, what are two little mice going to do? And then Bernard says that later, and Bianca is basically like, oh, no, we're going to we're gonna save the day. And then they do it. I just thought that was a good message because mm-hmm. yeah. even if you feel like you can't do something, no matter how small you feel, you can accomplish great things. Yeah. So that's probably why I liked it as a kid. Yeah. It's a great message. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then uh, we're going to mention it. It's not Walt Disney Animation, but... Rescuers does have a sequel called The Rescuers Down Under, where mm-hmm. Bianca and Miss Bianca and Bernard go to Australia to mm-hmm. save a boy. And it's a really good movie as well. Actually, mm-hmm. it's probably my, I, I think I like it better than the original. Yeah, I think it is better, even though it's the sequel. Yeah, there's another mouse they meet, Jock. Jock, mm-hmm. Jack. He's an Australian mouse, so he has, like, he can hop and has a little tail. But it's just mm-hmm. 
He's cute. And Bernard's all like, oh, stay away from my woman sort of deal. And yeah. <laughs> it's funny. It's okay. They end up getting engaged at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Bernard is a special kind of mouse. He's cute. Yes. He's adorable. He's very insecure though. So it's okay, like, Bernard. Yes. They're both on Disney Plus. So I really, we really suggest mm-hmm. watching both of them. Like I, mm-hmm. if you could binge both of them in a row, it's just really mm-hmm. fun to see them right next yeah. to each other. The yeah, they're good movies. look much different. Like, even though it wasn't put out by Walt Disney Animation, no. I feel like they kept the animation pretty well. And most of the sequels, like, usually there's something, like, significantly different in animation. Yeah. And this mm-hmm. one there wasn't, which was yeah. nice. You watch the sequel and you're just like, well, this is kind of garbage, but okay. Yeah. Honestly, if we're going to be straight up with you. All right, anything else about The Rescuers? No, I think I'm good there. I think it's time yeah. to move on to the 80s. The years that we were finally born. Mm-hmm. Yes. So the end, but we were finally born. Hey, everyone. This is Ashley Danny from the 13914 podcast, brought to you by the Limitless Broadcasting Network. Join me as I explore how we are all fearfully and wonderfully made by hearing stories, reading scripture, and so much more. Find me on your favorite podcast streaming service. I can't wait for you to join the family. All right. Oh. Uh, yeah. So there's one that we're going to not really talk about. We'll talk a little. Just, just a little. It's called The Fox and the Hound, and it is, like, the saddest cartoon on the planet, and neither of us could rewatch it because, exactly, because we know how awful it is. It just takes your entire heart and rips it out, and then they stomp on it. (laughs) They just smash it with a hammer. And there's nothing to put it, like, they don't do anything to, like, remend your heart and put it back. Like, literally, at the end of the movie, your heart is still on the floor bleeding. And you're in a ball crying. Yes. It's it's one of those where I will just, like, sob for hours afterwards. So, neither of us could do it. We can't. I'm sorry. It is a a good movie, though. It is. Yes. It was done really well, but it's just so sad. I don't even think I can tell you what's so sad about it without starting to cry. So I know. thinking about it. I'm just like... I know. I'm like, <laughs> I can't do it. So if you have some thoughts about the movie, put them in the comments, because we're just going to end right here and move on to the next movie. Yes, which is much more cheerful. <laughs> to talk about. Cheerful and ooh, a little creepy at the end. Well, it's kind of creepy during the whole thing, but yeah. it's still a good movie. <laughs> that yeah. is the this- Great Mouse Detective, by the way. Yeah. Yes, The Great Mouse Detective. I watched this, if I remember correctly, I would watch this all the time as a child. Like, I mm-hmm. loved this movie. I still think I have the VHS tape of mm-hmm. The Great Mouse Detective. Mm-hmm. It's a great kid. I, did I put this or did you put this? I added to your note because I wanted to just add on to the gotcha. Okay. The Sherlock. Um, yeah. So, mm-hmm. it is a great kid friendly version of Sherlock Holmes. Like, there is a mm-hmm. mouse who is the mouse version of Sherlock named Basil. And if you want to talk about your little note there. Yeah, because he keeps saying Basil of Baker Street because he lives literally below Sherlock Holmes. Yes. He lives on Baker Street. And this is this is stuff I just like as a kid. I'm like, I had no connection to this until I got older and really learned about Sherlock. And then when they go upstairs, the basset hound they take is Toby, who is Sherlock Holmes's basset mm-hmm. hound. I guarantee you as a kid, I had no idea what they were doing. But as an adult, I'm just like, oh my gosh, it's the same basset hound. Okay. <laughs> 
I like that Disney did those little connections yeah. throughout to really, besides his personality, they also connected it in other ways to Sherlock They did. Holmes. They did. Yeah. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he plays the violin just like Sherlock. He gets a doctor sidekick just like Sherlock does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and he has a terrifying, terrifying nemesis. So the original Sherlock yes. has Moriarty, which is a lot of... Right stuff about that but basil has radigan a rat he's a scary Mm-mm. scary rat i pretty sure he gave me nightmares when i was younger especially yeah. at the end because he goes absolutely like crazy mm-hmm. like street rat crazy mm-hmm. and oh mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah when he's mad you're just like oh boy he is that cat That's, it's nightmarish oh my goodness mm-hmm. There's just so many things wrong with so it. Many things wrong with it. And there's a bat, and that bat, like when he when he breaks Ugh. into the toy store at the beginning to get him, and just goes, "Yes, <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah. that was a horrible face." Yeah. And I like even as an adult when I was watching it, what was it last week? Mm-hmm. I jumped. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I forgot about Me that too. part. Me too. I was just like, oh, I see that. <laughs> it's, it's that stupid bat. And then he has like the peg leg. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, the whole. The, those together. Yeah. I mean, the bat's pretty stupid. So there's some parts where I'm like, oh, you're just, you're dumb. But when at the beginning, I was just like, ooh, boy. Do you know what I just noticed about the cat that he has? So Radigan, as a rat, somehow was able to tame this cat who would normally want to eat him. Right. Well, she, right. he feeds he feeds her. I, I couldn't believe that there's this part where this, the mouse number, for first the mice are drunk. I'm like, okay, Disney. Yeah, there's drunk mice, there's smoking yep, mice. Yep. I mean, they're literally drinking beer. They go and watch like basically a burlesque yes! show. I'm like, what the heck just happened? That's what I was saying. There's still some stuff going on in the yeah. 80s. <laughs> so this drunk mouse says, calls Radigan a rat, even though he is, he doesn't like being called a rat. So he gets he gets called a rat and he doesn't stop. And Radigan gets mad. So he has this little bell and rings the bell and they kick him out. And this mouse comes and you actually see the cat eat the mouse. And I'm like, yeah. What the heck? <laughs> like, for yeah. me, as a child, I, I don't remember if it was That's traumatizing, disturbing. but I feel like I would have been traumatized to watch a cat yeah, eat a mouse. It's, it's disturbing. Yes. mouse was adorable. I, I liked him. Yeah. And now he's, now he's in the cat's belly. So it was a little violent. Thank a little violent for Disney. Disney, you got a little violent a in little the bit. there. Yeah. It was uh, definitely a little bit intense yeah. for a Disney movie. It, I like your last note. last note there. Oh, yeah. That's when I was just looking up stuff about the movie. They said it's not officially part of the Disney, what they call the Disney Renaissance. So when they kind of had their lull with the Black Cauldron, which was terrible. I was reading about it and they were kind of having trouble getting funding. And so this was one of the first ones I think they released under Buena Vista. They just kind of stuck everything over there instead of Disney animation because they were running out of money and they weren't getting funding. And this kind of brought about the Disney renaissance because it did so well with audiences Mm -hmm. that they were like, look, we can do more animated movies. We can get this back on track. And so it kind of helped usher in the next segue, which we were talking about before we start recording, how there's ups, in our opinion, there's ups and downs in Disney animation. And we'll be going into a down, not now, because there's some great ones coming up, a great one. But there are some downs that we will be discussing shortly well, in another. I'm getting ahead of myself, but we're going to talk about the 90s one that, like, put them, uh, like, higher than high on the map. And then it's mm-hmm. like they hit 2000. It's like, oh, yeah, we can do anything. Anything else about anyway. the No, I think that's it. It's yeah. a great movie. You should watch it. Especially, like, Sherlock Holmesy mm-hmm. things. Still as an adult, I enjoy mm-hmm. it. 
<laughs> okay, so this last one for the 80s is called Oliver and Company. It's another like cat and dog movie. I'm going to be mm-hmm. quite honest. I did not rewatch this like I probably should have for this episode. Me neither. And and mm-hmm. I remember watching it once and thinking, oh, this is cute. But I'm going to be quite honest. I don't remember anything about this movie. It is not memorable yeah. for me. I think my thought process was I'm about to hit all these 2000 movies that I know I'm not going to like. It's cute, but I'm just going to skip you. Looks like Sammy did some research. So I'm going to let Sammy talk about this because I, yeah, because I couldn't really remember much about it and I really had no interest in rewatching it there. And I didn't list it, but there's a lot of like for the nineties, big name actors Mm -hmm. who did the voices for this. I think this was the first one under Michael Eisner. So they were bringing in, you know, not just voice actors, but real actors that people would recognize they started with this movie. I can't remember who I was in it. Sorry. Whatever. So it's kind of loosely based on Oliver Twist, which makes sense because it's called Oliver and Company. It's the first Disney animated film to include real world advertised products, which I was kind of like, that's, that's interesting. And then I just said it was forgettable because even Disney does not reference it anywhere. Music wise, character wise. Nothing in Walt Disney World. I don't think Disneyland has anything with Oliver and Company. Yeah, it's just, a f- like you said, it's, it's forgettable. Just, Sorry, Oliver and Company. The only place that I can see it maybe having some mention is Disneyland Paris, just because it is, isn't it a European, did this take place? Didn't Oliver Twist take place in England, or am I wrong? It did, but I have no idea where this one took place. Is it? I don't, I don't know. I feel like Oliver Twist was a British novel, but I might be wrong. Yeah. Like, even the honest, I'm going to be quite honest, even Oliver Twist, which is a beloved classic like novel is forgettable for me. It's all right. And I am an yes. English major. Like that was my, that is my yeah. world. And I just, I, it's just not, I just don't like it. So that's it for Oliver and Company. Yep. And that's it for the 80s. We are now moving on to the 90s. And when I was doing the research for the 90s movies, I couldn't believe that there is only one 90s animated mm-hmm. movie that is underneath Walt Disney World animation. Everything else is under like Walt Disney Pictures or a different animation company that they mm-hmm. own. Yeah. And honestly, I think 90s was the was the rise of Pixar. So this was like the last right. like Walt Disney animation. And they're like, let's funnel all our money in Pixar and and do well there, which they really did. And we'll talk about Pixar. So the 90s <laughs> is oh, The Lion King. Yeah. <laughs> Best movie. Best animated movie I think Disney ever made. I know there's people who would disagree with me. Mm-hmm. but because of all the new ones and whatnot, but I truly, mm-hmm. truly believe The Lion King is one of the greats, if not the greatest animation movie that they've ever done. ex Pixar, like mm-hmm. we're not talking Pixar. I know Toy Story's up there mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. I mean, what? where do we even begin on this one? Because there's so many great things. I don't know. the beginning I mean, of the movie and move forward. <laughs> exactly. I mean, the way it opens, first of all, the song when it starts... It just automatically, you're like, oh, this is going to be a big deal. Whatever is about to happen on my screen, <laughs> it's going to be really epic because mm-hmm. you see all these animals yeah. coming and then with Simba and Rafiki. Yeah. That's like an iconic thing now yeah. when he raises Simba. Even to this day, people online, like when they get a new baby or they get a new puppy or they get a new kitten, whatever, they always do the Simba thing. And it's, I mean, yes. I think one of my small group leaders did it to one of our fifth graders just randomly during one of our services a couple years ago. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. he just took the grader and like lifted him up into the Simba thing. I'm like, it's just a go-to kind of thing that Mm -hmm. we do. Mm -hmm. And it was, I don't, I don't know what it was about this movie, but I think a lot of it also has to do with the voice actors 
because they did so mm-hmm. well. You have, for crying out loud, you have James Earl Jones doing the voice of Mufasa. James Earl mm-hmm. Jones is this iconic voice that if yes. you are a Star Wars nerd, he is Darth Vader. All of a sudden, Darth Vader mm-hmm. is now Mufasa, and you're like, oh, he's back. You have his voice and his voice is just so iconic and you just want to sit there and listen to it mm-hmm. all day long. Like I really wish Mufasa was in this movie longer because I just love yeah. James Earl Jones's voice. And then young mm. Simba was Jonathan Taylor Thomas. And during the nineties, like Jonathan Taylor Thomas was the heartthrob for our generation. Mm-hmm. So we're like, Jonathan, oh, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know who voiced the older version of Simba. It was Matt, wasn't it Matthew Broderick? Yes, it was. Sure. It was Matthew Broderick, yeah. who was another amazing actor. And Timon and Pumbaa's voiceovers, I can't remember their names, but they, I know they are big voice actors. Like they're very well known. And you just have these, you have this iconic array of voice actors. And then you have this mm-hmm. storyline. Now this storyline, just like a lot of the other Disney, Disney stuff is based on a story. It was a fairy, fairy tale-ish, an African mm-hmm. folklore. Mm-hmm. That was verbally passed down for generations. And technically, the story is originally written to be a tribe of people. Like, this was all supposed to be happening within, like, human tribe in the actual story. Mm-hmm. But Disney, to make it more kid-friendly, be- made it right. animal because, oh my gosh, the death of Mufasa. Like, if that that was already heart-wrenching enough <laughs> as a child, if they did it, like, with mm-hmm. humans, that would have been even worse. Ew. Yeah, that would have been terrible. Been absolutely terrible. Oh Can we sit in that moment for a second and how much that destroyed us as kids when we saw that scene? I was thinking about this morning. I'm like, okay, so like the movie starts, right? You got the, the great opening. You got him singing about, I can't wait to be king. And it's it's vibing and it's great. And then they're just like, oh, oh, here comes Scar. Oh, bye-bye, Mufasa. And I'm just like, what just happened? What? We were dancing two minutes ago. <laughs> What? Why did you do this? Oh my gosh! It just. Oh, oh. It. I still love it, and I will. I will suffer through the scene for the the remainder of the movie because it's just so good. I will but, still tear up. I don't cry, but it, yeah. there's a tear or two that is shed every time I watch that part of the movie. Oh my gosh! It just because well, it's oh. just. I mean, it's just not the idea. Like I think what really is the most heart-wrenching of that scene is not only his dad dying because we've had multiple Disney parents pass <laughs> and we've seen a couple sure. I mean for kind of mm-hmm. Bambi's mom is a huge one but I think mm-hmm. there's so much more heart-wrenching in this one because not only did he die but the son number one thinks he's the perp he's the reason he's dead which mm-hmm. is just for a yeah. kid that's a lot of pressure and a lot of mm-hmm. guilt put on a child, mm-hmm. even a lion. And then you also have yeah. the betrayal and you know that he's been portrayed by Scar and you're sitting there <sighs> like wanting to break that fourth mm-hmm. wall and say, no, it's not you. It was Scar. You didn't do it. So, like, that yeah. was just, and it was his brother. It's like, oh my gosh. His bro- like, I have a brother. I have a brother. <laughs> and I'm like, would my brother do that to you? Hmm. Mm-hmm. I hope not. Mm-hmm. Maybe back when we were kids, he would, but I hope not anymore. Scar is a great villain because of that. Because no one, the other lions, they don't like him. They think he's pretty terrible just as a lion. And he keeps to himself because he's basically a black sheep, literally. And he looks totally different, too, from his brother. Obviously, he's got the black fur. Yeah, he just looks sketchy. But it's not like anyone can really pinpoint anything on him. They just have a bad feeling about him. 
So it's hard to straight up just say you clearly killed Mufasa. No, I don't think anyone really thought that. I think they really just thought it was an accident. The song he does before he kills Mufasa, because we forget about that part. We were saying, just can't wait to be king. But then he goes off to the Mm -hmm. hyenas. That's true. And is like, "Uh, you fool. You were supposed to kill the kid. What the heck? And he's like, come mm-hmm. with me and I'll be, I don't remember, what's his song called? Be prepared. be prepared. Thank you. Yeah. And he sings, but it's kind of, it's kind of a bad though. That's why I don't, I'm just, like, I know it's a bad song and he's, he's, he's basically like, sons, we're going to take over the kingdom. Or plotting his yeah. uh, brother's death. Yes. But it's, you know, yeah. it's catchy. You, you sing along, you want to dance to the song a little bit well, and then he does it. And, yeah. and you yeah, have the hyenas who are just hilarious like they're bad guys but mm-hmm. i laugh and i love them oh whoopi good goldberg is one of the is yes the shenzi i think is her name shenzi eddie yes. and oh shoot what was the other one eddie is the one who never talks he just laughs eddie's the one yeah that just looks like he's lost in space yeah mm-hmm. there's one other oh bonsai how do i bonsai, remember yes. it's like a tree yeah. like the tree yeah they're mm-hmm. hilarious but they're evil yeah they're bad so we get past that part once but i also other unlike the fox and the hound the lion king after they rip out our heart stomp on it make it bleed they do come they do reheal it and bring it back into our souls and that all starts with akuna matata oh my gosh when he meets timon and pumbaa you just have no idea what he's in for yes but they really lighten up the mood after the whole you needed something like that Mm-hmm. He's all downtrodden, and then here come this <laughs> warthog and meerkat, <laughs> and meerkat who's sing and hang out and eat bugs, and yeah, it really helped kind of change the tone of the movie. Mm-hmm. So it it gave it a little bit lighter tone. So you were like, okay, I can, I can, ooh, calm down by the death. All right, <sighs> and breathe. Yeah, yes. it's it's kind of like I mean, in movies where you have the tough stuff, there is a thing called comic relief is what they use. And, and Timon and Pumbaa are definitely that comic, comic relief. And they they're are. used as comic relief throughout the rest of the movie because once Nala finds him and he sees crazy Rafiki again and Rafiki knocks the sense into his head. I love it. And then you do get a moment with Mufasa telling mm-hmm. him, remember who you are, which I think is- Remember in, who you yes, are. Which is yeah. a great lesson. In the clouds. Great lesson. He goes back to fight and you have this huge scene and it's going to be tough. Like you're going to, it's going to be downtrodden. So you have Timon and Pumbaa doing, you know, doing the drag and do the hula. <laughs> yeah. What do you want us to do? Dress and drag and do the hula? <laughs> yep that's exactly what's about to happen <laughs> it still makes me sad that they took it out of the movie i the at live action i know why i understand why in our culture and whatnot but it's like mm-hmm. the most hilarious it's so funny it's so funny when he does that oh my gosh oh it still cracks me up yeah did you ever watch the lion king and a half where it's like timon and pumbaa story hey. and they're like little thing behind the scenes of what happening during that fight i have not seen it in a long time I- I probably just need to rewatch all of the Lion King. Lion King. I've only seen yeah. beats and Extras. I've only seen bits and pieces of it, but I remember like I think YouTube had just like a little bit of that part in there and it showed me I'm like that. Mm-hmm. It, it did make me laugh. I probably should watch it at some point. Yeah. So there's lots of things that go with the mm-hmm. Lion King that are like direct to video sequels, yeah. but they're actually one of the only ones that are I would say are still good to watch. Yeah, because you get a little bit Honestly. Yeah, The Lion King, Simba's Pride is the second one. And you get right. more mm-hmm. background about Scar. And as a child, I didn't wonder this, but like I kind of always wondered as I got older, like why Scar didn't what have happened? any kids and whatnot. And he actually mm-hmm. did, which is 
can we just say they're animals, so I get it, but technically Kovu is Nala's like cousin and they end up yeah. together and it's just weird. Yeah, no, you can't you can't think about it too hard. I, yeah. It's just because that probably happens all the time in the oh, animal kingdom. So you just got to... More than likely. Yeah. They don't care about cousins. Well, it doesn't mess with their genetics like it messes with our genetics. Right. Yeah. So it just like, oh, it just kind of makes me cringe. And then they have, of course, Lion King one and a half, which is Timon and Pooh. And then Disney yeah. Channel Junior has the Lion has Guard, the show. which is actually... Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's before Simba, Simba's Pride, I believe, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, because I've watched it. And she actually has, or he actually also has a son. And and you see mm-hmm. Nala and, or not Nala. Shoot, what is their daughter's name? Starts with a K. Whatever their daughter's name. And the I can't remember son, which I don't yeah. remember his name either. So there's a lot of extras to The Lion King, and they're actually really good. I mean, mm-hmm. as an adult, I watched The Lion Guard, and I enjoyed it. I mean, it was kiddish, but... It was mm-hmm. nice to see, like, kind of background stories. I love background stories, even if it's kid stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I want to know everything about yeah. it. But, yeah, I just think that it's one of the few show or movies that has extra movies that go with it that are not just yeah. stupid. Even my no e- even my, my Beauty and the Beast is extra movie. I just kind of cringe. The Enchanted Christmas. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. Even, and, and honestly, why they made some of them. Ariel's Little Mermaid, the Little Mermaid ones. I mean, you don't hear me really talking about them because I, I don't really watch those. I will watch The Little Mermaid over the and over TV again. The TV show is good. Yes, I, I will watch the TV show. But I'm not going to really watch the extra movies. Maybe every once in a while, but no. But the Lion King ones are, yeah. they're actually worth they checking out. They are, they are. Anything else about the Lion King? Because it's technically our only one for the 90s. I don't know, because we could probably spend a whole hour just talking about how much we love The Lion King. I mean, I'm a kid who, I had Lion King sheets on my bed. And then I had the Little Mermaid, like, wall stickers <laughs> around my bed. So this is – that was very 80s and 90s. In my, I still have my – one Lion King pillowcase has made it all these years that I still really? have. You know what's funny? Yes. I had Little Mermaid pillowcases. I did. Funny. I had Little Mermaid pillowcases. <laughs> and then I had Beauty and the Beast posters. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I had a Lion King anymore. poster. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I saw my Lion King poster. But I had one back when they would – I don't know where I got it from. I don't no – I have idea. no idea where it came from but it was just one of those like it looked like the the way the dvd or yeah. the vhs yep. yeah it looked like that yep yeah <laughs> vhs covers <sighs> that's a whole other episode those are that's some classic stuff right there for you yeah well children who don't know anything about vhs's anywho okay so those are the <laughs> 70s 80s and 90s of walt disney world animation thankfully the great mouse detective saved animation according to resources yes. so that's good because if they didn't we would have mm-hmm. probably never had the lion king so i'm glad we no. have the lion king and next episode we will be going into <sighs> a lull not even a lull like the deepest cavernous depths of disney animation. i feel like <laughs> I mean, no, there's some movies we're going to talk about towards the end. Well, no, no, in the 2000s. 2010s is different. Oh, wait, no, I'm thinking too late. Yeah. 2010s brings us back up, but there's like four movies, like right at the beginning of the 2000s, we're like... And let's be honest, these movies are ones that we have actually never seen. Like, I started one today, and I wanted to cry because it's just... I've been avoiding it, but I cannot yeah. avoid it much longer if I want to contribute. Yeah. We film every two weeks, so it's like now we're like, okay, we have two weeks to try to watch these movies. Maybe yeah. we should split them up. Maybe you should watch cert- like certain ones, and I'll watch the others, and we'll just talk about them. That might be less painful. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to we'll decide, decide about that. because 
Well, everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Pixie Dust Twins with me, Ashley, and her, Sammy. Yep. And then don't forget, again, to go check out our Instagram at Pixie Dust Twins. You can also check out our personal pages at by Ashley Danny and then at Samantha1950 Films Media and at Limitless Broadcasting, which posts about all of our shows and what's going on with them. And then, like she said at the beginning, go to our website, LimitlessBroadcasting.com. Check out the shirts we have available. Like I said, we're adding more and more. We're getting Halloween-themed things out there. So we're trying to stay on point with the holidays. So make sure you check them out. We're very excited. And then go to our YouTube channel because especially in this episode, there was a lot of things happening visually that you cannot get on listening to the podcast. So I encourage you to do both. Even though you've listened to us, you should also watch us because it's highly entertaining. So go check out our YouTube channel too. And I think that's it. All right. Bye-bye. This is Sammy. You're tuned in to the Limitless Podcast Network, where we chat about everything from living with chronic pain to our favorite Disney parks. Keep listening and check out our other podcasts at the end of the show. Thanks for listening to the Pixie Dust Twins, Sammy and Ashley. Make sure you like, follow, and subscribe to the Limitless Podcast Network's own channel, Instagram, and all things social media. And we'll see you all real soon.